Welcome to a special DC beer excursion episode of Brutal Battle. We went down to Washington, D.C., and there are lots of breweries in Washington, D.C., and around Washington, D.C., and we went ahead and hit up three, although one you can't drink at, and that's the first one we'll talk about. We just went there to pick up some beer. The other two you could definitely drink at, and we did drink at them, so we will talk about all th- our experiences with those three places. The first one's probably going to be the most brief. Uh, and obviously we have some beers here. And since we only hit three places, we have one beer from each, but two from the largest location with probably the most beers on tap. Oh, yeah. So where's the first place we went to? The brewery. The brewery. So you know, if you've been listening to this channel, that we're members of the Hoarder Society through the brewery. So we have a lot of beers featured on the channel. Now, we haven't ever had one of these beers uh, featured on the channel, though, because it's their Brewsicle, which is a fruited sour, which they haven't ever canned it for distribution on the East Coast before. I know they have canned it in the past for pickup in their um, tasting room on the West Coast in Placentia, California, where their original location is. But this is the first time that they actually canned up some cans to go all the way to the East Coast and be able to be purchased at their brewery store in D.C. at Union Market. So, we wanted to jump on that opportunity. They had their uh, Pimbo, which is the pineapple, mango, and blood orange. And they also had this one, which is the first beer we're going to start with, which is their Brewsicle DFG, which is a barrel-aged sour ale with dragon fruit, white guava, and natural vanilla flavor. Uh, 16 ounce can and it is 5.6% alcohol. And note, squeeze the can. Pretty full. Well, no, I mean like usually, like usually beers, like feel feel that one in comparison, and then squeeze that one. There's a lot more space yeah. in this one, and I think that was intentional, just in the case that they have an issue where yeast is still in there. And there's re-fermentation that, or continued fermentation that ends up happening with all the sugars from the fruit in the beer. Then people would have more time before it would potentially become an explosion issue. But you can get around that by just keeping the beer cold. So yeah. Anyway, let's get into this DFG. Yes. Oh, and we've already had one of each of them. And the reason we chose to do this one over the Pimbo... We liked it more. Jesus. Must be somewhat full because you're dripping. Yeah, it was a bad pour. Well, I think it was more like me having a bad pour day, like I do. Like we're familiar with on this channel, or this podcast. You saying channel. Uh, because I do all these videos for YouTube for horror movies, and so I do a lot more of that than I do recording for this, because I do four videos of that per week, versus one of these per week, so... I'm more in that mode. Anyway, what does the Brewsicle DFG look like here? It's very pink. Yeah, super pink. Um, obviously can't see through it because it's a fruited sour. That's how they are. When you swirl it up, you just see all like the fruit particulate sticking to the sides of the glass, which is what you're going to get with beers like this typically. Um, That's so, like you just oof. get lots of guava. I just get guava. Yeah. Well, and here's the other thing. Like dragon fruit. We've had dragon fruit before. Yeah. It's it's kind of nondescript. Yeah, it's um, not real flavorful. Yeah, you mainly just get like a sweetness. I feel like there's like a slight mango-y quality to it, but it's not very flavorful. I heard someone describe it like kind of like a kiwi. 
Oh, yeah, okay. I could see that. Because, yeah, kiwi doesn't have a lot of flavor. There's, it's, like, very low-flavored kiwi. Um, but, yeah, tons of guava on this. There is, like, a creaminess to it, along with the very sharp tartness that's there. I assume that creaminess is kind of coming through, not just from, like, the smoothie aspect of it with the pureed fruit, but also with the vanilla that's showing up in there. But... Do you specifically smell vanilla? No. I don't. No, I don't either. I don't because that guava is just so intense. Strong. Yeah, that guava. It and smells really good, though. Have you ever heard of white guava, by the no. way? No. I have not either, but this is the first time I'm hearing of white guava. I've just always heard people just say guava. Let us know, people. Is that some special variety of guava? I assume it is. What's the difference between that and regular guava? Smells good, though. You know, I'm perceiving more vanilla on this than I remember when I had it before. Hmm. It's there. It's subtle. No, you're right. It's mainly at the end, like after you get that initial kind of shock to your palate from the, the sourness of it. And it is like, I think it's not tart. It is in that sour range, but it's like a low sour. Low sour. High tart, low yeah, sour. Exactly. Mm. It's good, though. Very guava-y. Yeah, super, super guava-y. I guess we're getting a little bit of that dragon fruit. I mean, <laughs> what the dragon fruit's mainly doing for this is the color, obviously. It makes it look pretty for the most part. I'm sure there are some subtle flavor things that are going on there. Like I said, I'm tasting it a little bit, but it's mainly the guava. But that guava tastes awesome. It's really good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's a nice beer. It's got that nice sourness, but it's just not, it's not too much. Yeah. I really, really dig it. So we went to the brewery to pick up our brewsicles. Yes. And then we also picked up the Nibbler. Oh yeah, I forgot. We did pick up the Nibbler. We got a, uh, we got a baby growler. Yes. It's a 16 ounce growler. Yeah. Well, and the interesting thing about the Nibbler is that we initially had purchased some Nibbler online through our society membership, but when we went to do the pickup that included a lot of other beers, they said, we're refunding you on the Nibbler because something went wrong with it quality-wise. I was like, oh, okay. They, they couldn't provide information at that time. They didn't know specifically what, um, but uh, yeah, there's a problem. So I was very surprised when we went to pick up the Brewsicle, and I saw that they had the Nibbler on tap. So I asked, I was like, this is legit? Like, the Nibbler's actually on tap and, like, it's not a QC issue? And they're like, yeah, and it tastes really good. So yeah, I was like, okay. That. We well, enjoyed it that night and it was good. Oh, so I guess I should say what the Nibbler is. Yeah, what is, is. the Nibbler? I got to look it up real quick what it is. So the Nibbler is a bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout with peanuts, salt, coconut, marshmallows, and graham crackers. And it was quite tasty. It had a very present peanut butter mm-hmm. to it, which I'm a big fan of. I love that. Plenty of nice chocolate. You get a little bit of that coconut to it as well. Um, yeah, tasty, good beer. We really did enjoy that. So that was basically our entire experience there. Yeah, we did, well, we did a beer pickup yeah. for our society beers. And shout out to Josh at the brewery down there. He knows us at this point uh, by face. Um Nice guy. Super nice guy. They're all nice down there. But I, Josh is the only one I know by name because we've interacted with him a bunch of times. He's there almost every time we Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he is there like every single time. <laughs> the guy puts in work. I'll say that. 
So yeah, so that's all we did there. So then after uh, after that, where did we go? Other half. Yes, other half brewing. If if you have not been there and you're in the DC area or DC is not that far for you, you should definitely check that out. For nothing other than their venue is very cool. Yeah, it's um, yeah, like a little private oasis. It really is, and it's it's weird because it's weird slash cool because it's in DC, but it doesn't feel like it's in DC because it feels like Rebecca's saying like its own little self-contained oasis. It's kind of like tucked back behind a building, kind of. Yeah, it's it's a little hard to find, but there is a little. At least on the two times we've been there twice. The two times yeah. we've been there, there's like a little chalkboard that says like "beer pick up here, mm-hmm. other half." And then you just kind of walk up the stairs, follow it back, and then there it is. Yeah, there it is. And um, they have a ton of beers on tap. A ton of beers on tap. My only problem with it, though, is that the overwhelming, the disgustingly overwhelming majority of the beers that are on tap there are hazy IPAs. Regular hazies, doubles, triples. Yeah. They do have a few other things. They usually have, like, a seltzer or two, and then usually, like, two sours, maybe. But that's about it. But they have a large amount of the hazies. Race lager when we were there. Oh, yeah, and then they had a pills. Okay, so they have a little bit more, but it's, like, overwhelming. They have a a large tap list. Mm -hmm. Um, The first time we were there... It was good and bad because we wanted to try their beers, but it was a East Coast tap takeover. Mm -hmm. So they had, like, almost none of their beers. There were two of their beers and then lots from... But we did end up being able to try some really awesome stuff, like by, like, Jay Wakefield and Vitamin C, spelled S-E-A, and uh, Four Score. Yeah, we got one of their Jambas. Yeah, um, we had some really good stuff there, so that was great. Um, but then this time we went, we were actually able to drink all other half beer, which right. was nice to try that. Yeah. And they have a ton of outdoor seating, this very large covered wooden patio, which is really pretty. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how new they are. Oh yeah. They're super new. Well, and their an original brewing location is in Brooklyn, New York. And now they have like four locations, I believe. Yeah, and their uh, their DC one, I think it opened in 2020. Yeah, I think so too. So yeah, it's it's about a year old at this point, maybe a little bit over that. So let me go ahead and tell you what we had while we were there. We had it's all at the mall, which was a uh, imperial uh, double. I'll just call it double. A double hazy IPA with Citra, Galaxy, Mosaic, Simcoe, Idaho Seven, Matueka, and Sabro. That's a lot of hops. Uh, We liked that one. Yeah, we did. And what we figured out after having their regular hazies and their imperial hazies is that we much prefer their imperial to their regular because their single IPA, just there's not enough flavor. Yeah, we didn't have enough flavor. It's like subtle hints of flavors in those beers, and it's really weird. It's very watery. It's very yeast-driven, like is the problem with hazy IPAs in general. It's like you have to get to that double IPA level to get any, you know, like a serious enough flavor that you'll actually taste something. So that kind of sucks. But then we had their um, double dry hop Mylar Daydream, which was was like our favorite. That was our favorite of them. Yes. And that one is a double dry hop Mylar Daydream's Imperial Oat Cream IPA. 
Uh, they take mylar bags and oat cream treatment, heavily dosed with Eldorado, Amarillo, Citra, Mosaic, and Galaxy. And those are all nice hops. Yeah, that one was our favorite. That one was quite good. Then there, we had a sour IPA by them called Do You Want More? This one was an Imperial Sour IPA with lemon, blackberries, Marcona almonds, vanilla, and milk sugar, hopped with Mosaic and Simcoe. I believe that was the one that we were like, we don't really, it, it was like it was a one, okay. a two-note sour. It tasted like a lemon sour and a, a und, undescribable sweet fruit, and that was like it. Yeah. Like, their sours are not so hot. Like, they're pretty... Well, they're Berliner non-complex. Weiss. Non-complex. It was a Berliner Weiss that we had that was really good. Yes, which I'll get to it, but there's a reason for that. Oh. If you remember, we figured it out because oh. we were like, oh, this one's really good, actually. And then I figured out, oh, this is why. So it was called Cannibal Machine, and it's a uh, Berliner Weiss with pineapple, orange, guava, coconut, and milk sugar uh, with mosaic as well. Now, we were just like, man, like this one sour there is that sour IPA is, eh, but this, this Cannibal Machine is really good. Then I realized, looking into it, it's a collaboration with Dewey Beer Company, which, as you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, Dewey Beer Company does an excellent job with sours, especially fruited sours, and they're one of our favorites as far as fruited sours go. So that's why the Cannibal Machine was so good. Uh, obviously, other half's forte is their Imperial Hazy IPAs, and I guess all other Hazy IPAs. The other ones just aren't for us. They're Imperials. We're down with it. Uh, then we also had their Blue Crab. This was another one of their regular Hazy IPAs. Uh, there's really no... Oh, uh, this one is... Doo -doo -doo -doo. Uh, Citra, Mosaic, and Simcoe is what they use for that one. And then we tried their Poetry Snaps, and this was the Rice Lager. They say it's a Japanese-style lager with Pils malt, and they hop it with Czech Saz and German Saphir. So, yeah. And was that it? Oh, yeah. Then we had their Drippy Gems, which was another one of their regular hazy IPAs done with Citra and Citra, Vic Secret, and Belma, which I don't think I've ever had a beer with Belma hops, at least that I've known of. Then we also tried their Zipped, which actually kind of tasted similar to the Mylar, I think. And it was good, it just wasn't as good. Now, this is one of their Imperial Hazy IPAs done with Citra, Idaho 7, Tomahawk, and Amarillo. And then that was all we had there. Yeah, so we did, they do half pours, so we did two. That's nice. We did like two, like that. Like two four. Four serving flights. Yeah, I love the fact that they do have pours. And they have so much beer to go. Yes. And of how course, many, like... How many giant coolers of it? It's like four, four, yeah. four really big coolers of just like all these cold four packs. And we were like, we don't know what to get. So the two beers yeah. that we have, we've never had. Yeah, we... Yeah. Because yeah, we never the had course, them there. The beers that we had on tap that we liked, they didn't have in cans. Yeah, and we had, um, we had help with picking these out. Because they had a guy there, and we were just like, look, we really liked these that we just tasted. What can we get that's kind of like that? Because we don't want to take too much of a chance if we're buying two four-packs of stuff. Because that's a lot of money and a lot of beer to have wasted if you didn't if you end up not liking it. So, 
Um, they, their staff is very helpful too. Um, but anyway, okay. You want to so get the in first beer we're going to try from them is called Seafood Tower. It's an Imperial IPA. It's eight percent. Yeah, Imperial Hazy IPA because it's all hazies with them. Okay, here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna do better right now. Oh, nice. The thing is, sometimes I just got to focus because I get sloppy with my pores. Like, I just kind of, like, I just have a tendency to go too slow if I'm not thinking about it. Go too slow? Yeah, or I'm just too too light oh. on, on how much I tip the can. Okay. Oh. It's like a hazy IPA. What does it look like? Yeah. What does it look like, Rebecca? That haze. That, that juice bra. That juice bra. That one goes out to Olivia Norman. Yeah, it's it's pretty orangey, though. Like, a lot of times with these hazy IPAs and Imperial hazy IPAs, it'll be more on the yellow side. This one's more on the orange side. Uh, good amount of head just hanging out there, which is kind of weird. There's usually not that much head retention with these types of beers, but that's cool. It smells decent. Yeah. I smell a little bit of a pininess in there. That's that's the pre- predominant nose I'm getting is pine, like pine and mm-hmm. mango. Yeah, Which mango. Kind of piney, piney itself. I also get some of that kind of like sweet dehydrated orange type smell mm-hmm. that I get from time to time in some uh, hazies. And it smells a little soapy. You think so? And, and bready. It's got like this biscuity breadiness on the nose as well. And that yeastiness that you assume you'd get from a hazy. I like it. I like the nose. Yeah, I mean, it smells solid. Let's go in. Very sweet. It's really sweet. And it's got a weird bitter finish that's kind of like flour. Like floral or like flour? No, like flour you use for for baking. For baking. It's got like a flower bitterness. It's dry at the end. It is. It is kind of weird. I don't. I do get the pine. I get a decent amount of that pine. Actually, that's the that is the predominant flavor. Like you were saying, it was the predominant smell. It's a bit soapy. It is a little soapy. I don't like it. I don't really like it either. I don't like it. Yep. Nope. That's um. Nope. Pass. Yeah, it is very soapy. Yep. See, this is my problem with these hazy beers. Like, I don't, first of all, I don't know why it's so sweet. Like, how sweet it is is weird. That's, that's weird to me. I don't like that. That's inappropriate for, for these beers. Um, but the other thing is like, with a lot of these hazies, I feel like the finish always suffers horribly. You know, like... With normal IPAs, you get, like, a nice bitterness to kind of, like, back up flavor. You get a nice, like, juiciness on the finish. With a lot of these hazies, it usually finishes with, like, a flowery taste or a yeasty taste or, you know, some other weird something that's not good to your palate. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really like that beer at all. Well, we probably know what our number four ranking beer is going to be. I'm going to tell you for sure that's going to be number four. That is not good... Not good. We don't like that. Um, did I rinse your... Yeah. Okay, I did. Um, that's going down the drain. 
not worth drinking. Yeah. Not a fan. Especially in not eight not at eight percent. I will say I don't taste the Yeah, the I was just gonna say I don't taste it either. That's one bright spot, but don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. And, but this like this is we actually literally before we were recording today talked about this. Um we really wish that we liked that their hazies more because that's predominantly what they have because we'd love to go there more often because their venue is so cool. Um, they have all this amazing outdoor seating with like this built pavilion that's cl- very close to the actual building. They have those garage doors like all the way around so that they can literally just open the inside space up and have it be open air. One thing we didn't talk about is they have um, all gender bathroom Mm -hmm. it's one bathroom for everyone to use and it's just lines of stalls yeah lines of stalls that like the doors go all the way and the walls go all the way so it's like private and um yeah it's nice and then you just everyone comes out and washes and dries their hands together like i feel like that's that's a great way for things to be like i feel like all bathrooms should be like that honestly just takes a lot of the guesswork and awkwardness depending on who you are and yeah True, true. Um, okay. Wow, that so, beer is disappointing as After well. that, we went to Atlas. Yeah, Atlas Brew Works, which is around the corner, base, well, around a, a block, in essence. So yeah, we just walked there. We parked in a parking garage that was really close to other half, and then we were able to just leave our car in that parking garage and walk around to Atlas. So if you want to go down there, you can easily hit those two places and not have to move your car, because if people know going to D.C., it's a hassle to find places to park. That's one of those things. So we went to Atlas, and the outside doesn't look as nice. Well, I mean, in general, it doesn't look as nice as other half, especially probably because other half's much newer. They have a much bigger space built out. One of the things I really didn't like when we went inside Atlas was that it's very dark. Yeah, there are no windows. There's one window in the front where the door is. And that's it. And there's, like, no natural light coming in for the most part. There is, uh, I mean, they have lights in there, but it's still very dark. Kind of looks like a just a dive bar. Yeah, yeah, it definitely looks like a dive bar. They have a pretty good tap list. Yeah. Uh, very diverse, I yes. will say. They're way more diverse than what... Um, other what, half. Yeah, what other half is. So I like that about it. I will say... Hits and misses with them. Overall, their beer was okay. Mm-hmm. I will say the the most the thing I was most impressed with was their beer tender there, Jeff. That guy, A, very knowledgeable, B, extremely nice, C, very accommodating, and D, just went above and beyond for yeah. us. He was like, what do you want to... He, like, let us try some before we got our flights. Yeah. He, he let us try, like, three different beers like little swigs before getting our flights. Yeah, they were big swigs too. They were big swigs. That was nice of him. But here's the other thing I need to I need to throw out there because some people might might be thinking, well, if they know you're from with the podcast, they're going to treat you better. We don't say that typically when we go. Yeah, places. we never do. We only do that if we're going on vacation and we want like extra access to like you know really talk in depth about breweries. But when we're just going out and just doing these excursions, we usually don't talk to them ahead of time. Or we, even when we get there, let them know who we are. We just experience it as normal like people because like that's regular what we plan to do. So I fully believe that that beer tender, Jeff, would have treated anyone the same. Oh, yeah. He also went so far as to help us take our flights out because we wanted to sit outside because they have a little outdoor seating space in the front, which is pretty solid. 
And then it had rained, so he was like, oh, no, this, you know, this place is a little bit wet. Let me go grab a towel to wipe it down for you guys. And it really wasn't even that wet. Yeah, it wasn't that wet. There's just, like, a little bit there here and there. There's a couple little but, drops here and there. Yeah, but he really wanted to make sure that he took care of yeah, everything. Yeah, it was really nice. He's probably the best beer tender we've experienced in a long time. Mm-hmm. We've experienced a lot of good beer tenders, but when you have a beer tender who goes that out of yeah. their way to make you have a good experience or to make sure you're doing fine. It means a lot. And they really stand out for that reason. So Jeff at Atlas Brew Works, you're awesome. And we appreciate that. So what do we have at Atlas? Well, do you want to do the beer now? And then we'll talk sure. about what we had and everything at Atlas. Because so, we already talked about how it looks and everything. We um, did have this one on when we had our flight. We did. We did two flights there as well. Um, it is their Dance of Days. It is a pale ale. And it is in a... 12 ounce can and it's only 5.7%. I like that. I like a nice sessionable beer, especially when it's hoppy and it's not hazy. Let's get into it. I kind of remember what this tastes like, but it. Man, you're making a mess again. I know. I was distracted. I need to focus. Carl, I'm focus. Are there any other people out there? Or is it just my? I think it's just you. It's just me who needs to really focus when I when I pour beer. That's such a weird thing. It's lame. It's lame. I know. Okay. It's pretty yellow. Yeah, it's a clear beer. I can see through it. I like that. There's a slight oranginess, but yeah, pretty yellow. Got a decent head hanging out on top. It smells so good. Ooh, that smells really nice. It just smells like beautiful lupulin, like very yeah. nice old school, like. What what they used to call juicy hoppy beers on the nose. Yeah. It's uh, it's like pineapple and orange, like very citrusy. I feel like I get a little like clementine in there. Yeah, it's very juicy. Yeah, it's a very nice citrus blast in the nose. It smells vibrant and refreshing and light and amazing. Love that smell. Wonderful nose. And it's easy. Yeah. It's easy. It's flavorful, but light. Yeah. Refreshing. It's got a a low viscosity in the mouth. The hop flavor, that that like citrusy hop flavor just carries throughout. There's a decent kind of like medium low bitterness on it. Yeah, I could see that. That carries throughout and finishes with that. This is one of those hoppy beers that you just be like, this is very sessionable. Not just because of the low ABV, but also because it's got that light body to it, but it also has, like, not too much flavor, but a good amount of flavor. It's kind of like what we've talked about, like, one you could pay attention to or not pay attention to, kind of depending on what you're doing. Choose your Um, own adventure. And it's also one where I think the nose and the taste marry up together. I agree. I mean, obviously, it's... it's the nose is a lot more vibrant than the flavor of it is, but the notes you're getting in the nose definitely are there in the flavor. Like you get that like clementine, that pineapple, yeah. all that nice citrusiness coming through, just like nice lupulin blast. But yeah. That's Ooh. good. It is. I, I dig that. I like it. That was our favorite when we were there. So we what did we have? Glad we had, to see it in cans. We had this, the Dance of Days, which they're just calling their pale ale. Well, let me see if it says what hops are in it. You do Citra and Mosaic. That's okay. what it says. Then we had their Ponzi, which this is their, their like flagship IPA that they distribute. 
And that's just an IPA with Cascade Chinook and Mandarina hops. We use with Munich malt. We were eh on that yeah. one. Uh, their bullpen Pilsner, which you... I really liked that. I liked it. You liked it even more than me. Yeah, I thought um, that was good. It's just a Pilsner. It was, it was solid. Um, then we had their Ninja Sauce, which was another pale ale. This is a Belgian pale ale with mosaic. That was good. It was interesting. That was. That was one of the ones that we got the little taste of. Then we had their Tropic Thunder, which... Is just an American IPA with Zithos hops. I don't think we've ever had anything with mm-hmm. Zithos hops, at least that we've known of. That one was okay. Then we had their Le Saison de Brett. Now, this was a Saison with Britannomyces uh, that was then aged in red wine barrels for 12 months. Rebecca did not like it. I did it. not like it at all. I liked it quite a bit. It had a nice funkiness to it, it had a nice tartness to it. You could definitely taste. A bunch of the woods, some of that wine character coming in there. I enjoyed that. Not one. my style. Yeah. Then we also tried their blood orange goza. That was tasty. Yeah, that was a good, pretty solid goza. Then we had their silent neighbor, which was an American style stout. I like that one. That one was good as well. A little more on the drier side mm-hmm. than you typically have with uh, just straight up American style stouts, but um, yeah, it was pretty good. So it's fun. I'm glad we went to uh, Atlas. And, uh, yeah, we have five more of these Dance of Days. And they have, drink that. they have two locations in D.C. Oh, that's right. I remember you saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I wonder so what the we other went, location's like. Yeah, I don't know. We went to the... So we were at their Ivy City location. Okay. There you go. Yes. So enjoyed that. Now, that's all we did for our excursion. Ooh, except we grabbed some food. Let's talk about the food, what we grabbed after we go to our last beer, which is the second other half beer that we're most excited about. This is their Daydream in Orange, which is a double dry hopped Imperial Oat Cream IPA, and it is 8.1% alcohol. It is in a 16-ounce can. All of other half beers are in 16-ounce cans. Please do not let us down. Yeah, I'm nervous. Please. I want one, one that I like from them. But I'm sure that, you know... People who have been listening for a while, who are listening to this now, are just like, why are they having other half beers? They don't like hazy IPAs, <laughs> typically. I know. So that, I mean, that's the big disclaimer. This one's very yellow. It's very yellow. And it's very hazy. Yeah. It looks like almost white <laughs> with yeah. how hazy it is. I don't know if I how I feel about that. That must be the oat aspect coming yeah, through. There. Lots of head hanging out, just like the seafood towered had. Actually, I think it's even more head, and when you swirl it up, it just gets, like, even more head to it. Very orangey. Yeah, there's a lot of orange. There's there's a pine mixing in with the orange, which usually ends up imparting a little bit of a mangoiness as well for right. me. This does smell similar to that Mylar Daydream. Which is the beer, this is the first beer they recommended to us when we said we wanted the Mylar Daydream. Yeah, this smells... I, really I really good. like the smell of this one. This is a very nice smell. It smells, this, it smells creamy. Yeah, it does. It's definitely got that oat creaminess. Uh, this is reminding me a lot on the nose of that Mylar Daydream that we really did like. So hopefully it's in that same vein flavor-wise. Let's go in. Oh, that's nice. I, yep, I like that. Ooh, it's very piney. It's good. But I like that. I love how piney that is, actually. You always think, like... Pine is a flavor that you, or at least I do, that pine's a flavor I don't like that much in beer. 
But then every now and then you like have that that hoppy beer that's very driven by pine, and you're just like, this works though. Yeah. And this is one of those. This is good. Hmm. It's got a sweetness to it, but that pine really keeps the sweetness in check. Like, does not happen with that seafood tower. The sweetness is out of control with that seafood tower. The sweetness is there, but within control. Yeah, with it's this not one. over the top or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's there. You can perceive it, but you definitely get that yeasty kind of finish to it that you always get with hazies. But the pine helps. It helps so much with that. And I wouldn't know it's eight point one percent alcohol once again. Um, oh no, definitely not. I like this. Mm-hmm. This is good. I'm down with this one. I'm glad glad we found one we enjoyed. Mm. Oh. Okay. Now, oh, I said we were going to talk about where we ate. So there's a place across from Other Half that's called Baker's Daughter. And they have, it's mainly breakfast and lunch type things. They also do coffee and stuff like that. Um, and, and sides, some interesting looking sides. So we, what did we have? We had like some sort of panini with chicken and pesto. Really good. The sandwiches were huge. Oh, it also had brie cheese on it. Yeah, brie cheese. It was so good. They were huge. We got stuffed. Uh, I did the side of like a creamy polenta, which was super rich. It was really tasty. it was very, very good. Yeah, it was real tasty, but I couldn't finish it because it was so rich. And you got... A side of their Brussels sprouts, which were extremely tasty. Yeah, once she gave me a bite of hers, I was like, oh, I screwed up. <laughs> I should have got the Brussels sprouts, too. They were awesome. Yeah, so we uh, shared them. Yeah. So we, if we go back down that way, we definitely are going back to Baker's Daughter for more food, for sure. And they also had, like, some pimento cheese there, which we thought about taking home. So the next time we go, I'm going to get some of that to go, for sure. And they also had, like... It was like some smoked onion jam that sounded interesting. And I was like, that would go really well on some cheese. Because every now and then we get like a cheese plate from Wegmans. And I feel like a smoked onion jam would be awesome on some of those cheeses. Yeah. Uh, So we might want to pick that up. And that actually, that smoked onion jam is from Blackberry Farm. Mm, Yeah. Which is in Tennessee, which also does beer. And their saisons are, they primarily do saisons. Those saisons are phenomenal. Phenomenal. That place is expensive, though. Everything from it, and if you go try and stay there, expensive. That, that could be a bucket list place for us. Okay, so, um, Rebecca, have you put them in order for your ranking? I did. Uh, you are representing the podcast, because that is exactly... That's your ranking, too? Yep, exactly mine. Okay. So both of our rankings, number four, no surprise, is the Seafood Tower by Other Half, which is an Imperial IPA. You're not doing well. Number three is the other Other Half beer, the Daydream in Orange, which is a double dry hopped Imperial Oat Cream IPA. Pretty good. Number two is the Atlas Dance of Days, which is a pale yes, ale. That is a nice pale. And then number one is the Brewsicle DFG, which is the barrel aged sour ale with dragon fruit, white guava, and natural vanilla flavor. Very good. Uh, the only thing I'll say about the um, the Brewsicles in general that we had, the DFG and the Pimbo one, more vanilla. I would like a bit more vanilla to it. And instead of vanilla flavor, if they could actually do vanilla beans. Because I feel like that typically has a more robust, intense vanilla flavor that goes better with the beers instead of a natural vanilla yeah. flavor. 
Um, so I would like to see that change in the future. Like I'm somebody who can influence it. <laughs> um, you can but, help. Yeah. I mean, they do send out surveys for um, members, uh, society members about oh, yeah. stuff. So more vanilla in their brewsicles. Yeah, give us that. Give us some more of that vanilla. But this is really good. Though. Yeah, it's really tasty. Both of them. Um, we went into it thinking, man, that Pimbo is going to be the best. And then we tried them side by side, and we're like, actually, the DFG is definitely the best. Pimbo's good. Pimbo was good, but it was just better. so ma- it was just mango. It was kind of yeah, just one mango. note, and I was hoping that we were going to get more of the pineapple and the True. blood orange, and um, like no vanilla. Yeah, like you could perceive no vanilla in the Pimbo. In this, the DFG, at least you perceive vanilla, and it is very guava driven, but you also get something else. Yeah, it's it's good. But anyway, this is a good time. Um, we'll be thinking about other places to go. I think. One of the other places we want to do is Silver Spring, Maryland, and go to um, Denizen's Silver Branch. And and Astro Lab. Astro Lab. That's the other one. Those are the three we want to do there. So that it might end up being our next excursion episode. Don't know when that'll be, but that's kind of one that we've had on our minds for a bit. This one was a little more impromptu, but... Okay, so uh, if you want to contact us, BrutalBattlePodcast at gmail.com. If you want to follow what we're drinking, untapped, I'm Carlin Cook or Carlin C. She is. Rebecca C. Um, Go to the website, BrutalBattle.com. I have pictures of all the beers there. Also, you can get back episodes there, or you can go to archive.org and just put in the search, Brutal Battle. All the episodes will come up, going all the way back to episode one, which we've been doing this for about eight and a half years at this point, which is pretty impressive. And we've never missed a week putting out an episode. So pretty impressive. Um, sorry if you hear a cat jumping into a box in the background and making noise adds to the, you know, excitement. <laughs> uh, the other thing is, Oh, rate us and review us if you can, please, especially on iTunes. That is what helps us the most. And also word of mouth. If you can, please, and then the last biggest thing is following us on Instagram at Brutal Battle Podcast. Yes. So do all of that stuff, and we appreciate you listening. And until next time, keep it brutal. I feel so-